Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. I'm Adam. I'm the lead communicator here. I just have to tell you that I am so pumped, so excited that you just took a minute out of your weekend, a gorgeous weekend, by the way, where every dog in the city of Fort Lauderdale quivers in fear during the air show. You get what I'm saying there? Okay. Um, anyway, so I'm just glad that you took some time out to spend some time with us here on our Sunday morning as we kick off this new five-week conversation, series, talk, whatever you want to call it, called The Power. Power of thought. And I just want to kind of prepare everybody that this was an extremely powerful morning already here at Downtown Harbor Church. The next few minutes that we're going to get to spend together, um, I just believe could be transformative to your life if you allow God to just work in your heart and penetrate your life during these moments. Because what we're going to do is we're going to just dive into this idea of our minds and our thoughts and what it looks like to kind of get in there and to, to wrestle around with the things that we think and the things that we feel. And where's Jesus in the center of all of those thoughts, and it's just a really, really cool thing that we're going to do in the next number of weeks. So let me just kind of present you with an idea, right? Something that we can think about as we open up this series, because it's going to be so key for us to get this, right? Something that's just so key for us to understand as we dive in here is this. You have control over your mind and thoughts. You ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about the fact, the idea that you have control over what you think and how you think, and more specifically, what you do with what is kind of pinging around in those minds of ours, right? We have control of our thoughts. But is that true? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever actually dove into that and said, okay, I've been told that before, that I have control over my mind and thoughts, but are, is God controlling my minds and thoughts? What's going on up there as they go back and forth? Who's actually in control of these thoughts that ping around in my brain every single day, every single week, every single hour that I'm alive? So is that true, that I have control over my thoughts and mind? Well, hear me out on this. This is something... Sort of. <laughs> and here's what I think, right? Sort of. It's sort of true, right? Because even though we don't necessarily control what goes in there and the people around us and what they say and how they might make us think or what we're watching on a screen, they kind of get our thought process moving. But we do have some kind of control, right? See, because we have the control of what we can do with the thoughts once they enter our mind. Thoughts come into your head and you have the ability to filter them. Now, this is something that I do believe. This is something that I absolutely believe that is true, that our thoughts that are pinging around in our mind all day long, that we have the ability to do with what we would do with those thoughts. We have the ability to control and filter our actions in response to those thoughts. But, you know, one of the things that is just kind of a misconception in Christianity and that the local church has led people down a wrong path to thinking and believing is that once you say yes to Jesus in your life, that everything will just be fine and it will be specifically fine in your mind. That, hey, your mind, especially if you've struggled from time to time, is just going to be fixed and everything's going to be hunky-dory and everything's going to be perfect. The truth is, the fact of the matter is, is that as we look inside our human psyche, this amazing mind that God created, this thing that scientists don't even fully understand that's how miraculous it is right but we understand that even though we've said yes to Jesus yes you've said yes to Jesus yet you're still left with the same old mind he doesn't miraculously change your mind for you in fact that's one of the things the scripture talks about is our ability to think on our own and he talks about that in the book of Matthew which is gonna where, where we're gonna land today but here's one of the things I do know about our minds specifically in 2018 
specifically in an era where we have information pinging at us at every moment. Notifications are going off at all minutes and hours of the day. Here's one of the things that I just know about our minds. And what we do as people, as human beings, I just believe this. I just believe related to our minds and the power of thought that we think too much. That a lot of us, specifically in this room, or those of us who might be listening online, that we just think too much. We think a lot, and there's a lot of thoughts just swirling around in there, and we can't figure out what to do with them or how to filter them. We just think too much. We think a lot. And so one of the things that I wanted to do over the next couple of weeks was actually just give you a preview right here today, because if you're going to do five weeks on this at Downtown Harbor Church, which by the way, because we're doing five weeks on the power of thought, I got five cabana wear shirts that are coming out during the summertime, one for each week of this series. So just get ready. Okay. But here's the deal. As we look at what we're going to talk about throughout these five weeks, let me just go through it real quick. Cause this week we're going to actually talk about anxiety. And I just want you to know something. At Downtown Harbor Church, we pride ourselves on being transparent from this stage. So you're going to see people who come up on this stage who do not have these things that I'm going to put up on the screen figured out. In fact, we're probably going through some of those things right along with some of you. So this week, we're going to talk about anxiety, fear, worry, what that looks like. Next week, we're going to talk about life change and those big things that happen in life or what happens if they don't happen. They kind of take us off course, life changes, career changes, having babies, getting married, families, new jobs, moving to new cities. Talk about life change and how our thoughts are affected by that. And then on week three, we're going to talk about confidence, right? Especially as we know, like God has led us somewhere. And we're going, okay, I feel like, you know, God has called me to do this and God has led me to do this. How do I have confidence in where he's led me to be? How do I pull the trigger according to his will? And then on week four, we're going to talk about the past. Because, oh boy, if all of us could just let go of our past, wouldn't our future be brighter? If we could just let go of those stupid things that we've done, those things where we've wronged God or wronged other people, and put one foot in front of the other and have this bright future that Jesus wants us to have. And then on week five, we're going to talk about the influence of people in our life, specifically friendships, specifically those people who would actually lean into our, our life and how they would have hopefully a positive influence on our direction, but that they actually influence our thoughts. So we're going to talk about friendships on week five. But I'll tell you this, in my couple of years of being at Downtown Harbor Church, we're just a couple year old church plant. I've had the ability to sit across the table from a lot of you. And I've had happy hours with a lot of you and appetizers with a lot of you and dinners with a lot of you and lunches with a lot of you and coffees with a lot of you. And do you want to know at Downtown Harbor Church what I've kind of come up with and told our staff? And this is a good thing, so stay with me. I just believe that a lot of churches have some issues going on. Like they're kind of woven throughout people who attend the church. Some people have money issues going on, and that's a common thread throughout the church. Some people have infidelity issues going on in their church at a rapid rate. Even though that there's some pockets of that in South Florida and specifically at DHC, that is not our main issue as a local church. We've kind of identified what is one of our main issues as a local church right here at DHC as we've talked to each other, as we've engaged with each other, as our staff has talked about it, as our volunteers have talked about it. You want to know what one of the main issues is related to the power of thought here at downtown harbor church it's anxiety <laughs> because i have sat with and dealt with and talked with a lot of you and myself included about this particular issue right anxiety can be a huge thing worry fear in a downtown harbor church just being honest a lot of us are going through this 
A lot of us are figuring out how we ping those thoughts in our mind and filter them and control them. A lot of us are dealing with this. It's just a fact, a fact because we've heard it from you. You've heard it from me. Anxiety is a big thing. So how related to the power of thought do we unpack this here today? Because the truth is, if we were being honest, there are some of us who have minor anxiety problems. Like, for example, my wife. I talk about Caitlin a lot from this stage because, frankly, in my life, I don't really have anybody else other than my dog that I get to interact with on a daily basis. So you get Caitlin's stories. Caitlin is one of these people who just has very low anxiety. She's not worried about a lot. And she even told me downstairs after the first service, you know, if I ever get a worried thought, I just really pray it away. And I don't have a lot of worry at all in my life. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because one time we were sitting around talking and we were having dinner. I'll never forget it. And I go, let me ask you something. You ever think about death, dying? You know what she said? She goes, no, I never think about it. And I go, what are you talking about? What kind of a person are you? What do you mean you don't think about it? She goes, do you think about it? I go, but once every 45 seconds, of course. I mean, I think, yeah, I think about it. You don't? And she goes, no. I go, oh, like what kind of a person did I marry, right? Who, who is that? No. But, I mean, she's got this thing. She just doesn't have a lot of anxiety in life. Then there are some of us who kind of worry about our health and day-to-day -day things and our family and our kids and our parents, and we want things to go well there. And then there are a lot of people who have allowed their anxiety to spiral into a place, and you see this in culture and in society. There are a lot of people that we've seen that allow their anxiety and worry and fear to kind of spiral into a place where it actually develops into something bigger than just a minor anxiety problem. And we kind of call that mental health, where people are struggling mentally in this day and age. And anxiety can turn into depression or kind of bipolar disorders that go up and down. And people are like, where do I go with this? What do I do? How did it get to this point? And we see that a lot in culture. And I'm going to unpack some of those thoughts and facts for you today. But what I love so much about the power of thought, what I love so much about specifically worry and fear and anxiety, is this, is that Jesus specifically addresses this. Jesus talks about this, and he talks about it directly. He talks about it so bluntly and so clearly, because I truly believe at the end of the day that this risen Messiah, this God who walked the face of the earth, actually knew that people would struggle with this to an exponential level, so he talks about it and addresses it bluntly. So in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, if you have a scripture, you can go ahead and open it book of Matthew chapter 6. If you don't, that's fine. You can check, check us out or follow along on any mobile device, but as always, it will always be on our screens here at Downtown Harbor Church. Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. Here's what he says. This is Jesus, the words of Jesus addressing people who are surrounding him in this day and age. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Thank you, Jesus. I appreciate that. What a simple statement. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. Or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Of course it is. He's saying, don't worry about these little, you know, minuscule day-to-day -day things. Don't worry about this. I got you. He goes on. And he goes, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And then in this next line related to worry and fear and anxiety, he smacks his followers right in the face. He smacks them upside the head. I can almost just see him doing it going, this is what you need to understand about worry. It goes on. Can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? 
And you know what the answer is, right? No, we can't. Jesus has got us. Are you worried about this thing and this thing? It's not going to add a single hour to your life. In this moment, Jesus smacks his followers in the face. And do you want to know what I believe he's doing when he does this? Because he's unpacking worry and what it looks like in your life when you do this. And Jesus is going, don't do that. Don't worry about your life. Because when you do, you will be distracted. When you do, you won't be able to focus on me. When you do, you won't be able to do exactly what I've called you to. To do. I believe he's saying this. I believe he's going, stop it. Guys, stop. This will ruin your life. This is how serious this is. This is how key this is. Stop it. This will ruin your life. You will not be able to do the things that I'm calling you to do if you continually struggle with worry. He goes on and he goes, and why do you worry about clothes, right? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, and yet I tell you, not even Solomon, who is said to be the wisest man to ever live. We talked about him earlier in the year. He wrote the book Song of Songs and Proverbs in the Old Testament, right? Solomon, King Solomon, in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Not even Solomon was. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? You of little faith. Little faith? Jesus, wait a second. Little faith, this isn't something that I can control. I'm not asking for this. This is not something that I can actually put my figure on, finger on. I've been diagnosed with a disorder. I have worry. It's deep within me. You of little faith? Jesus, I'm trying. What are you talking about? I am trying my hardest to get this right. What are you saying? Why are you indicating that I have some control over this? Why are you indicating that I have some control over filtering my thoughts? Because maybe we do. And he goes on. So he says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. You know what I love so much about Jesus speaking in to the culture of the time? Here's what I love. He was talking about clothing and food because that was the worry of the time of the people who lived during those moments. He was speaking right into their culture. If I believe this passage of scripture was written today, I believe there'd be a couple of other things probably written in this passage that Jesus would address. Let's just take a look at a couple of things that we concern ourselves with today, right? Here's the deal. Health. You thought about your health recently? Thought about how long you're going to live? Thought about if you're going to die anytime soon? Thought about if you get sick? Thought about if you get ill? Thought about if somebody in your family gets ill? What if you don't feel good? You go to the doctor and they find stuff wrong with you and then they give you more medication. Thought about your health recently? How about your housing? You upside down on your house, trying to buy your first house. The real estate market's up in South Florida. How are we going to do this? How do I have 20%? I can't do this. What am I going to do with this? How can I actually provide for my family? How about infertility? Have you struggled there? A lot of people that we know have, and it's heartbreaking to them, and they're worried about it, and they're concerned about it. How about infertility? How about your family? Mom and dad getting old, brother and sister getting old, they're sick. Maybe they've made some poor health choices in their life. What are you going to do there? How about 
relationships. Maybe your marriage is failing. Maybe your marriage did fail. Maybe you're single and you want a relationship. Maybe you're about to get married. Maybe you're about to celebrate 10 years like me. How do we navigate through these relationships? How about savings? Did you save enough? Can you buy a car? Can you make a down payment on a house? Do you have enough for you to feel comfortable? Do you have anxiety yet? Because I do. Right? And how could we not? I mean, who would not have anxiety based on this? This is why, I mean, this is why all of the drug companies exist. Why? Because this is a hard thing for us to navigate through. And we're going, man, we got a lot going on. And Jesus spoke into the culture of that time just like we just addressed some things of our time today. This is what he says. Based on all these things that we might worry about, that we may have anxiety about, he says this. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And then he says something that every time I read it, it wakes me up. Every time I read it, I just remember how excited we can be for our future and we can live in this moment based on what Jesus has called us to do because this is what he says. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do you know what I love so much about this passage? Do you know what I love so much about this scripture? Is that Jesus, who is the Messiah, who if we believe that he is who he said that he was, makes us right with God the Father, the creator of the universe. Jesus does not say that he's going to fix all of our problems for us. He does something in this passage of scripture, which I never looked at before until we wrote this content for the next couple of weeks. He, in this passage, puts it back on you. He puts it back on you. He says, don't worry. I'm not going to control your mind for you. I created you with the ability to think and the ability to have your own mind. He puts it back on you, but you know what he's also doing? He's giving the best advice that he can. He's given the best advice that he can, and he says, don't worry about this, because if you do, it's not going to go well for you. You're not going to be able to focus on me and loving your neighbor as yourself. You're not going to be able to focus on the things that you should, right? Don't worry because I just believe this if we just land and worry and we land there a lot and a lot of us have gang a lot of us have spent a lot of time there far too long if we seek worry we can't seek him fully we cannot it's impossible to serve well the scripture says God and money I just believe it's impossible to serve worry in God as well you can't do it right do you know about the human brain? Have you ever studied the human brain? Because recently in the past eight months or so, especially as we were leading up to this, I've done some research on the human brain, which scientists, as I mentioned before, still don't have it all figured out. But do you know about the human brain and the number of thoughts that a person has on average per day? A person has an average of 70,000 thoughts a day. 70,000 thoughts a day. Ping, 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 ping. Anybody deal with that in the room where you're just like, it never stops? I was staring at the ceiling at 2 a.m. this morning thinking about this message. Mine just going ping, ping, ping. That's just me, right? That's who we are. But see, when left to just fester and left undealt with, it can start to manifest into something else because do you know about anxiety disorders? And if you struggle with that in the room or you've dealt with that in your life or you know someone who struggled with that, because I guarantee you, every one of us fits into one of those categories. 
Anxiety disorders affect 40 million adults in the United States, okay? 40 million adults, that's over the age of 18 in the United States. That is 18.1% of the population. Do you want to know why Jesus talked about this? Because it was a big deal. And he knew that somewhere along the way that we were going to deal with this and we were going to figure this out. He was going to speak into it from a vision standpoint about this is what you need to do. Okay, Jesus, I get it. Now what do I do? How do I make that happen? Here's just something I want you to know, and we're going to start this at Downtown Harbor Church, and it starts right here with me. We're going to start having conversations with each other if this is something you deal with, right? Because we're about to figure out how to get this right. Because I just believe that it's time to do something like this. Starting right here at the epicenter of just our little community here at DHC. It's time to wage war on your anxiety. It's time to wage war on your anxiety. It's time to start getting it right. It's time to say, I'm not going to live like this anymore. I can control my thoughts and my mind and specifically what I do with those. I'm going to take them over. In fact, the scripture says that you're going to take them captive. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You're not going to live in my brain anymore. I'm not going to hear that noise anymore. Those thoughts are going to be taken captive and given to God, every single one of them. Here's the problem, though. We don't know how to do this. And gang, here's the deal. Just so you can know what I'm about to say in the next second, just stay with me. We're in the medical field. My wife's a nurse. She's been in the medical field for a long time. My sister's a nurse. My brother-in-law's a family practice doctor. My mom's a nurse. I get the medical field. I love the medical field. I believe in modern medicine. But do you want to know what culture's answer has been to this issue throughout the past number of decades and years? To tilt your head back and pour some more pills down your throat. And I'm not saying that for some people it doesn't work. Don't misunderstand that. But that's generally been our answer. And Jesus says, I've created your mind to be better than that. I've created you in my image to get this right, to take captive thoughts. But the problem is we just really don't know how to do this. So let me just give you a couple of practicals. And some of you are note takers or picture takers, and this is a time for you to look at this and go, how do we get this right? What do we do? Now's that moment for you because these are key. And if you don't want to do it in this moment, you can go back and listen online because I get it. This stuff is difficult to sift through and talk about. But here's just one practical for you as it relates to the power of thought. Here's just what I want you to know. Not everything you think is true. Did you know that? That not everything you think is true. A lot of times we go, just because a thought's swirling around in there, that it's true. Bogus. Who said it's true? It's not necessarily true just because it lives in your mind. It's not true. That is definitely, I, I think things all the time about myself, and I'm going, why would I think that? That's not true, right? So in those moments, here's what I want you to do. When one of those thoughts creep in, and you start to deal with anxiety, and maybe it's not fear for you. Maybe it's about your future, or financially where you're at, or your marriage. I don't know, right? Don't you dare give that thought weight. Don't give that thought weight. Don't let it stay there. Don't let it get to your heart. Don't let it affect your life. In fact, we kind of say it like this around here, right? If we all could actually filter our thoughts through this question and this idea, and so it's so key, don't miss this, it's so key. 
Through this idea and this question, if we would filter our thoughts to address our own life in this way, and our own life like this, I actually think our minds could tend to be different, right? Here's the question. Would you say that to a six-year-old? Think about this. Oh, Susie, good morning. I just wanted you to know that you are going to have a terrible day at school today that you are going to be bullied, you will have no lunch money, things are not going to be your way, go your way, and you are going to have an awful day. Enjoy your time on the bus, okay? We generally wouldn't say that. Why? Because we're trying to be encouraging. We're trying to help someone's self-esteem. No. Tommy says, you know, and I worked with kids for years. I worked with kids for my entire life before we started DHC. And there, Tommy comes up to me, Mr. Adam, they always used to call me Mr. Adam. Mr. Adam, I have a stomachache. Oh, do you, Tommy? Well, that's interesting because you probably have a baseball-sized tumor growing on your large intestine. <laughs> you would never say it. No one would say that, okay? Because you're going, oh, no, we will feel better, but we don't do that to ourselves as adults. Oh, Johnny, you're going to ride the bright line for the first time today. Did you know that the, by the time you hit North Fort Lauderdale, there's a chance that you will die and perish based on the statistics that have come out recently? We would, never, we would never say that, okay? What if we actually addressed each one of our thoughts and filtered them through the idea that we would actually not ask that question to a six-year-old? Wouldn't our thoughts be a little bit better? Wouldn't we not give everything weight? Basically, in those moments, as we're looking at the words of Jesus, here's what he's saying. He's going, stop. Don't do this to yourself. Don't allow this to creep into your heart. Don't miss this, gang. This will ruin your life. This will ruin your life. Don't, don't stop it. Okay, you can do this. You have the power. I created you, he's basically saying. I created your mind and your heart and your body. I created human beings. You have the ability to do this. I'm telling you, you do. Stop. This will ruin your life. Something that I heard as we were researching this just really made me mad. Because those of you who know me, and have talked for any length of time, you know that in my life, I have struggled with anxiety. I just openly bring it forward and say that I have just to be transparent. You know this if you've spent any time with me. And then I heard this one time, and it made me so mad, right? But it was so true. So hear me out. Because I look deep within my own self as I addressed this issue, and am continuing to address this issue. And here's the issue. You don't have anxiety. Oh, really? You want to look inside here? You want to look in here? Oh, you oh, I don't have anxiety? Are you sure? Did you see that list of everything I, I listed off earlier? You, I don't have anxiety? Have you seen me bounce around this stage? Right? Are, you tell, are you telling me I don't have anxiety? Mm -mm. You don't have anxiety. You do anxiety. You allow it to penetrate your mind and your heart to the point of almost for some, no recovery. Wait a second. Hold on. You think I like this? You think I like that I feel this way? You think I like that I'm anxious? You think I like that I'm nervous? Somebody sitting out there, you think that you don't like this. You don't want to feel this way, right? But you've given weight to those thoughts. You've given weight to those thoughts that swirl around in there. Your brain is magnificent. Your brain is alive. You, because of the magnificent creation that is your brain, you can filter what is true and what is not. I don't just believe that because I'm trying to figure out how to do it. I believe it because I believe Jesus called us to do it. And if he says it's true, 
I just believe that it's true. Here's one of the things that I've been saying in my life, and maybe you can join with me on this, especially if this is something that you deal with. This is something that I think is so powerful and so key, right? This is something I've been saying, and I think you should adapt. Related to those thoughts in there that are not true, and I'm not saying, we'll talk about positive thoughts in a second, put that in your mind, right? But related to those thoughts are not, that are not true, right? I will never let another one of those thoughts take me down. Never again. Because it's affected my life in a negative way where I cannot seek after Jesus with all of my heart at every moment of my life. I will never thought, I will never let another one of those thoughts take me down. And are we going to win every time? Probably not. You're probably going to have a low moment at some point where you give in to one of those thoughts, but you strive for it and you fight for it every single day, every single week, and you go, I'm not going to let this happen to me anymore. My thoughts, those things that swirl around in there, my thoughts will not go anywhere any longer until I give them permission to. My thoughts will not go anywhere unless I give them permission to. You ain't going there. I'm not believing that mess. Mm-mm. Not happening. But a lot of times people just go, oh, that's positive thinking, right? Okay, well, it's just positive thinking. That is not what I'm talking about. Here's the truth, gang, and you can just understand this. You're going to have expectations about your life that probably aren't going to be met. You're going to have things that don't go the way you want them to go. Your life is not going to be a unicorn and Skittles and candy land around every single turn. This is not positive thinking. This is controlled thoughts. This is going, everything's not going to go always the way I want it to go. We understand that. But Jesus is right there by our side, and we got to control those thoughts because he's told us he's in charge and he's in command. And how do we allow that to be the center of our life? Romans 8, 38, it says this, and I am convinced that nothing could ever separate us from God's love. Nothing could ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons. Don't miss this. This is right where it talks about anxiety and fear. This is so key. Neither are fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. See, the truth is, the fact of the matter is, is as we talk about peace, we understand that if we look at the words of Jesus, Jesus gave us very clear instructions to obtain peace. He said, don't you worry about tomorrow. I got you. I got you covered. Filter those thoughts. Get those out of there. They don't matter. Don't give them weight. The question is about Jesus' instructions. The question is, will we follow them? Will we follow Jesus' instructions to obtain peace? Because, gang, and I've only seen this from experience, and I've only seen this from sitting across the table from people who've struggled and who are broken, if we don't follow those instructions, we face destruction. Bottom line, we face destruction destruction. Because see, I believe with Jesus, there's two types of peace that we can talk about. Number one, the first one's this, it's eternal peace, right? It's this idea that when we make a commitment to Jesus and say yes to him, we are made right with God the Father, the creator of the universe. And in some way that we don't understand or probably can grasp or imagine at this point, we are made right and have this eternal peace. And then there's this other peace. Don't miss this. The peace that Jesus doesn't promise. You ever think about this? Because he promises us eternal peace. You want to know what he doesn't promise us? Earthly peace. He didn't ever say, you're going to be extremely peaceful here on this earth. 
But he did give us clear instructions for us to follow after his teachings and to go, yes, I will follow after you, Jesus, because, because of free will, because of how he taught us to live, there's something that exists. I just believe this in some way that we have to grasp and understand this. See, because Jesus can save your soul. It's up to you to save your life. Jesus can save your soul. It's up to you to save your life. That's why he tells you to fight. That's why he gives you instructions to not worry. Because here's the deal, gang. In a lot of ways, I've sat across from you. I've looked a lot of you in the eyes. I've felt your pain. You've felt my pain. Some of you are at the end of your rope. Some of you have thought about throwing in the towel and going, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And I don't know what that means for you, but some of you have been there based on anxiety that has gotten out of control and spawned into depression and gone even worse than that. Some of you have been there. I get it. Jesus can save your soul. He says to you, fight for your life. Fight for your future. You matter. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a good mind. Don't, it says in the book of John, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Yes, I love I love this. Don't miss this. In my Father's house there are many homes. If it weren't so, I would have told you. I am going to prepare a place for you. Do you know what this whole thing means right here? Do you know what this whole thing means? Here's what this means. It means that Jesus has taken care of it. And you have nothing to worry about. You have nothing to to worry about. And it's when you hear that, you're just like, but, 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 but there's so much against my human psyche that this goes against. I know. That's why we're stepping through this together. That's why we're holding each other up. That's why we're encouraging each other here at DHC because there's a lot of us who are just struggling through this day by day. So let's go back. What's the practical? At Downtown Harbor Church, every single week we put this word on the screen so that we can understand exactly what we hear on Sunday and put it into practice on Monday. And you've seen these in this message already, but this is how important we think they are, so we're putting them on the screen again. What's the practical? Related to your mind, related to your thoughts, here's what I want you to know. Not everything you think is true. If we just got that... <laughs> And we just said to ourselves in our own mind, based on what Jesus has told us, you know, about worry, that not everything we think is true. Don't give that weight. Don't give that thought weight. That thought doesn't mean anything. That thought is made up. That thought is not of God. That thought is of the enemy. That can tear you down. That can rip you apart. Don't give it weight. And then just ask yourself this question. It's so true and so key. As you tell yourself things, as you lay awake at night, as you struggle through work, as you try to mend whatever family stuff you're dealing with, I always just say this as I talk to myself, and this is something new that I'm doing. Would I say that to a six-year-old? Because if you're not going to say it to a six-year-old, don't say it to yourself. Because it's probably not true. There's this peace that we all long for. There's this peace that God gives us and offers us. And you want to know what we've discovered? Related to earthly peace, related to following after Jesus, there's only one thing that stands in the way between you and earthly peace. You want to know what it is? You. You're the only thing that stands in the way. Because your circumstances are not always going to be rosy. Your expectations are not always going to be met. Somebody's going to be sick. Something's not going to go the way you want it to go. 
Something's not going to go the way that you think it should, should go. Some deal's not going to come through. Some house is going to blow up. It's, it's going to happen. This is not about understanding that. This is about all of us just going, Jesus is right there by my side regardless of any of it. And it's about giving those thoughts weight. The only thing that stands between peace, the only thing that stands between you and peace, excuse me, is you. Wouldn't it be different if we got that? We started to filter those thoughts in a very positive way that kind of allowed us to allow them to leave as we try to control our thoughts. The last thing I'll say is this. So often in church work and in ministry, I get to sit across from the table who, it's just it's the interaction I get with people who give a lot of themselves, who give financially to others, who give of their life to others, who give of their emotional spirit to others. And do you want to know something? Oftentimes those people are the most empty. They're the people who need an arm to cry on, a shoulder to hug because they've given of themselves and they're empty because they carry around the burdens of other people and they go, I care because Jesus told me to care. Here's what I want you to know. You're never going to be able to care the way that he wants you to care until you get yourself straight first. You got to get yourself straight first. And whatever you deal with, whatever you go through, somewhere along the way, it's time to get that right. It's time for me to get it right. It's time for you to get it right so that we can be in the best tip-top shape that we can to reach out to other people. So when we carry their burdens, we don't get empty. And that's so key. And then maybe we, for the first time, some of us begin to, can begin to experience this inner, inner peace that only he can provide. That's what it looks like to begin controlling the power of thought. That's what it begins to look like to filter what you think and the things that go on in your mind and heart. Your brain is magnificent. You can control this. Let's get it right starting today here at DHC. Let's pray. Father, for who you are, we thank you. Jesus, I just pray very bluntly and boldly that if there's anybody in this room struggling, there's anybody in this room dealing with this, whether it's anxiety or fear or worry, or they're unhappy where they're at in life, God, would you enter their heart and life right now and surround them with your peace and with your grace. Touch them, Lord. Give them your presence because they need you. And God, at Downtown Harbor Church, would we be a people, would we be a group of people who build each other up and lift each other up? Would we be a group of people who carry each other's burdens and don't let each other sink, but allow each other to float? And Lord God, we love you, and we thank you, and we know that you are hearing and answering those prayers. And God, based on our mind, give us the strength we need to move forward day in and day out. We love you, and we thank you, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in the next about three minutes, there's going to be a lot of you that experience a very powerful moment. Trust me. Um, in fact, I'm going to go sit down there so I can experience as well because I want to drink a water, but it can wait because I want to hear this next song. Um, we chose this song. It's almost too powerful for this moment. It's not one of those toe tappers like last week that's an upbeat thing that you're going to leave going, man, that was just, uh, but it's unbelievable. But it talks about in our deepest, darkest moments what it's like. Some of you are there today. Some of you know somebody who's there. Some of you have come through it and you need to help somebody else. I don't know where you're at, but allow God right now in this moment to just figure out how to impact your life as you sit and listen and reflect on this next song.
Because at the end of the day, Jesus can save your soul. It's up to you to save your life. I gave all my oxygen to people that could breathe. I gave away my money and now we don't even speak. I drove miles and miles, but would you do the same for me? Oh, honestly. I offered up my shoulder just for you to cry. Gave you constant shelter and a bed to keep you warm. They gave me the heartache, and in return I gave a song. It goes on and on. Life gets you down, so I just numb the way it feels. I drown it with drinking out of date prescription pills. And all the ones to love me, they just left me on the shelf. No farewell. So before I save someone else, I've got to save myself. I gave you all my energy and I took away your pain. Because human beings are destined to radiate. What line do we stand upon? Cause from here it looks the same And only scars remain Life can get you down So I just numb the way it feels I drown it with drinking out of date prescription all the ones that love me, they just left me on the shelf. No farewell. So before I save someone else, I've got to save myself. But if I don't, then I'll go back to where I'm rescuing a stranger. Just because they needed saving just like that Oh, I'm here again Between the devil and the danger But I guess it's just my nature My dad was wrong Cause I'm not like my mom Cause she just smiles and I'm complaining in a song But it helps so before I save someone else, I've got to save myself. Life will get you down, but I won't numb the way it feels. I won't drown it with the drinking out of day prescription pills. The ones that really love me won't just leave me on the shelf. Farewell Before I save someone else I've got to save myself And before I blame someone else I've got to save myself And if I love
myself